Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Make sure to check it out and let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, October 26th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. If you go and follow right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good afternoon, everyone. And thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. And thanks for making the show your first listen here on Tuesday. It's a bit later of an episode than usual, folks, but let me tell you, it's for good reason. First, at practice this morning, the Blackhawks announced that two more players have been added to COVID-19 protocol in Jonathan Taze and Henrik Borgstrom. I'll be sure to go over all the latest on that and also what took place at the Blackhawks' practices in the last in the last two days. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, I got some rumblings. I, that's right, I, I have my sources within the organization, believe it or not. There's not many, but I do know a couple. And I also was told that this was going to be a, a pretty key day. And I'm going to wait to record this episode. Um, I'm, I'm recording a little earlier in the morning, but I'm going to wait until after 1 o'clock to record the rest because that is when the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be publicly releasing the findings of the Jenner and Block independent investigation stemming from the Bradley Aldrich incident. And according to Mark Lazarus of The Athletic, We could be seeing some organizational changes as a result of those findings. So I'll be sure to talk about all of that once the press conference is held later on this afternoon at 1 p.m. Central Time. I'll hop on the recording literally right after they finish up to bring you all the latest updates there. And then to finish up the show, I'm not sure what's going to come from those organizational changes, but I'm sure we're going to have some updates on general manager and president of hockey operations, Stan Bowman. And also, I want to talk about a couple of updates that we heard from ESPN's Emily Kaplan on head coach Jeremy Colleton and his future here in Chicago as well. But to start things off today, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into everything that has taken place at Blackhawks practice in the last couple of days. First, going back to practice yesterday, the Blackhawks once again we're without Patrick Kane, Jujar Kara, and Riley Stillman as all three players remained in COVID-19 protocol. All three also missed the game versus the Detroit Red Wings on Sunday. And same with coaches Mark Crawford, Tomas Mitel, and goaltender coach Jimmy Waite. Uh, it's tough right now. I'm still not sure um, of any positive tests or anything. There hasn't been anything released on that, but something involving COVID seems to be going on with the Blackhawks right now because on Tuesday, 
Two more additions were added to the COVID-19 protocol list in forwards Jonathan Taves and Henrik Borgstrom. And that now brings the team's total to five players and three coaches at the moment in COVID protocol on and off the ice right now for the Blackhawks. It's it's just tough all around. Uh, Hopefully... Those guys are able to clear soon, as I've talked about over the weekend. Everyone on the Blackhawks is vaccinated, so if they're able to provide back-to-back negative tests, then they shouldn't be in COVID protocol for all that long, but we've now seen Kane, Kara, and Stillman there for uh, each of the last three days. And one thing I also wanted to add, with everything that Captain Jonathan Taze has gone through in the last year plus, I really hope that He's feeling all right and, you know, isn't having uh, any hiccups or anything, metaphorically speaking. Um, Just don't want anything to stunt the progress that he's made because he's been consistently on the ice for the last handful of months now, stemming back to the uh, the summer. So I'm really hoping that this development doesn't cause any changes to the Blackhawks captain because he's been doing so well recently despite not getting off to the hottest start he's still been able to consistently be out there for the Blackhawks and that's the most important thing right now so a bunch of players missed practice on Tuesday and also um with the findings of the lawsuit being announced that they announced that uh right at the start of practice that the press conference was going to be held at one o'clock so with that announcement that kind of trumped everything that went down during Tuesday's practice. So really, I'm just going to talk about Monday's session here a little bit. And the reason I want to talk in particular about Monday's practice is because for the first time since the start of the season, I've been to basically every Blackhawks practice since the last week of training camp. And Monday's session was by far the hardest that head coach Jeremy Colleton has worked his team so far. Um, during the drills, there was <clears throat> just an overall, there, there was a lot more physicality and just an overall grittiness that we haven't seen so far. Like there was one drill in particular, it was a mini one-on-one drill that eventually turned into two-on-twos. It, the Blackhawks do this a lot. They put the nets, the two nets, like 20 feet apart from each other to make it a very in tight area. There's not a lot of not a lot of ice to skate on. And they put both goaltenders in net and just let players go one on one with each other. And as I said, eventually it turned into a two on two. But I mean the Blackhawks in this drill were basic basically treating it like a full contact situation. There were some great battles going on between teammates. Uh, one in particular Kirby Doc and Tyler Johnson, uh, Kirby's against the boards. Tyler Johnson, no fear to throw cross checks right in his back. And I know that seems a little dangerous, but it's also what we need to start seeing more and more of out of more and more of out of this team. Just some fire and passion, and most importantly to me, it was just showing that they finally have a real sense of urgency. I felt like the urgency was present more so than ever during Monday's practice session, and that was great to see. I mean, teammates, if you go back and listen to players that are now retired and they talk about they're great teams that they were a part of. They say that practices were a full-out war, man. It's not guys taking it easy on the, on each other. No, these are competitors, and they want to beat their teammates as bad as they want to beat the other teams. So I was very, very happy to see the Blackhawks just getting a little bit more competitive and gritty and showing a sense of urgency during Monday's practice session. And then also, towards the end, 
worth noting that Colleton put his team through a series of conditioning drills, which I really haven't seen them do much of here at practice so far. Uh, Colleton had them skating hard. They were, you know, doing uh, full ice skates, down and backs, um, and multiple players, Alex DeBrinket, Tyler Johnson, Dominic Kubalik, those three, uh, they all looked absolutely spent after those conditioning drills. Hands on their knees, gasping for some air. Colleton worked them. And then also, right after that, Colleton told everyone that they better be ready to work like this again tomorrow. Which, when I heard him say that, I was like, yes, let's go. Uh, Look, I I know it's been literally as bad of a start as you could draw up, but to finally see Colleton, you know, he's not a guy who shows too much fire. You know, he's very even keeled and keeps keeps his emotions in check, one game at a time mentality, which all that, yes, it is necessary to be a head coach in this league. You got to have a short memory and you got to be even keeled. I mean, not everyone's even keeled, but everyone's different, I guess I should say. But it was just really the first time I saw Colleton kind of call the boys out and be like, you better be ready to work like that again. So clearly, you know, he, he understands that, He's just going to have to work these guys a lot harder than he's been in, in order to try and get some results because clearly what uh, what he's been doing so far wasn't working at all. So nice to see a, a little change of pace during Monday's practice session, which hopefully will send a message to the entire team that, hey, it's go time, boys. It should have been go time weeks ago, but now it really is do or die time for this Blackhawks team. All right, there is everything out of Blackhawks practice in the last few days that I wanted to discuss. Coming up in just a moment, I'll be getting into everything that has emerged from the public findings in the Bradley Aldrich Independent Investigation. But first, I need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends logging for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more right now at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. I also need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball has reached the World Series, the Astros versus the Atlanta Braves. NFL and college football also are now in the midst of their seasons. The UFC has some incredible title fights coming up in the next couple of weeks. And most importantly, folks, hockey season is back. So for any sport you want to gamble on, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today, and be sure to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now. I'm sorry to do this to you folks, but I actually am going to wait until segment three today to talk about all the findings from the Bradley Aldridge investigation. And for this segment, I want to first be sure to talk real quick about what ESPN's Emily Kaplan said earlier this morning on her In the Crease podcast regarding Jeremy Colleton's future here in Chicago. Kaplan first stated that GM and president of hockey operations, although I'm not sure how long that's going to be his title with uh, some organizational changes supposedly looming, but Kaplan stated that Stan Bowman currently still loves Jeremy Colleton as head coach and personally does not think that any changes need to be made, which right off the bat, I mean, for Colleton to not even be on the hot seat in Bowman's mind is uh is is pretty questionable to say the least. However, Kaplan also stated on her podcast today that the decision to fire Jeremy Colleton is no longer Stan Bowman's and will be up to the Blackhawks ownership group, aka Rocky and Danny Wartz. So, and also that little tidbit of information that Kaplan stated, you know, or that Kaplan got uh from the organization from her sources, that also to me, could be foreshadowing that Bowman may not be in any control for any situation, let alone Colleton's in the near future. Um, But honestly, to me, this is absolutely the right call by the Blackhawks. This is not Bowman's decision any longer. He brought Colleton in. He somehow survived when Joel Quenville was the one that was fired. He handpicked Jeremy Colleton to be his successor. And if that doesn't work out, it should not be his decision to fire him or to have any say in who is the next coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. So I was really happy to hear that um, Kaplan was told that this decision is no longer in Bowman's control. And if Colleton does wind up getting fired, Bowman absolutely has to go. This is literally his mess. The Blackhawks showed trust in him over Joel Quenville, which is one of the worst decisions I've ever heard. They gave Bowman a promotion, and now we get this as a result. An 0-5-1 start and an NHL record for longest time spent without holding a lead to start the year. So if Colleton goes, Bowman absolutely has to as well. But now, actually, it sounds like we could see Bowman being the one to go first, which I don't think any Blackhawks fan would be upset with that decision. But of course, we're still going to have to wait a little bit longer and see what comes from these findings by Jenner and Block here in the next hour. But with Colleton possibly being on the hot seat for the ownership group, we know he's not on the hot seat in Bowman's mind, but this brings up a couple of questions that I want to talk about on the show today. First, if the Blackhawks continue down this same path that they're on right now, how long will they let the fan base call for Jeremy Colleton's job before they've seen enough? And I know that they don't necessarily want to fire Colleton, and even I'll admit that this probably isn't all his fault. You certainly have to put a chunk of it on the players as well. They haven't been good enough. But the fans may not give the organization any choice with Colleton. As we already know, 
the sellout streak is over, and even before that happened, there were rumblings that the front office was already a little bit concerned about the future attendance. So if the Blackhawks keep losing, it's looking like it's either got to be Colleton has to go, or the intent the attendance is going to continue to take a hit at the United Center. We've already seen Blackhawks fans are fed up enough in Sunday against the Red Wings. I mean, if that didn't give the organization um, the message, then I don't know what will at this point. Second, if the Blackhawks do wind up firing Jeremy Colleton, then there's a lot to think about regarding his replacement. As I talked about uh, during the mailbag session yesterday, there are some big-name free agent coaches out there right now, like John Tortorella, Claude Julien, Bruce Boudreaux, Rick Tockett for TNT. But if the Blackhawks want to go that route, those coaches are used to being some of the highest paid in the National Hockey League, and that would be a significant pay raise from what Colleton is currently making, unless somehow the organization convinces those guys to take less, which I personally doubt at this point. And then, also, the Blackhawks would still have to pay out the remainder of Jeremy Colleton's contract, so if they want to replace Colleton with um, a prominent figure like those guys that I just mentioned, it's going to take a hefty chunk of change to do so. And with the attendance numbers dropping as well, I just... Don't know if that's the route this team is wanting to go right now. And that makes me think that the most likely situation for the Blackhawks, this is something that Elliot Friedman talked about on his 32 Thoughts podcast yesterday. If Colleton is to get fired during the season, I think the most likely situation that we would see is assistant coach Mark Crawford would likely then become the interim for the Blackhawks for the remainder of the season. And then... Once the Blackhawks get into the offseason, that gives them the proper amount of time to look at all their options and then come up with the correct decision on who is going to be their future head coach. Just due to the financial situation of the Blackhawks right now, they're losing attendance. They're going to have to pay out Jeremy Colleton if they don't want him here. If they want to go with a big name guy, it's going to take them, uh, it's going to take a lot of money to do so. Because of all that, I would have to say the most likely option for them, if head coach Jeremy Colleton does wind up getting relief from his position is that assistant coach Mark Crawford would likely become the interim coach for the Blackhawks for the remainder of the 2021-2022 season. All right, there is everything I wanted to discuss on Jeremy Colleton's future in Chicago. Coming up in just a minute, for real this time, ladies and gentlemen, I'll get into all the findings that were released today on the Bradley Aldrich investigation. But first... I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even as much as 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership. Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. However, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, 
Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. All right, we are back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, and oh my. Before I finish up the show this afternoon, of course, as everyone who follows the NHL now knows, just a few moments ago, the Blackhawks finished up their press conference to publicly reveal all the findings from the Jenner and Block independent investigation on the Bradley Aldrich case. First, I'll take you through a little bit of a timeline. Rocky Wirtz opened things up by saying that neither he nor Danny knew about the situation until the lawsuits was filed earlier this year. Now, whether or not you believe them, that's up to you. But one thing worth noting is that in the investigation, uh, Block and Jenner found, found that found that to be true, basically. They found that neither Danny nor Rocky uh, knew about the situation. And of course, Danny wasn't even a part of the organization back in 2010. So take that as you will, but the findings uh, did state that they were telling the truth. Then Reed Shar, who was the lead investigator for Jenner and Block, he was the one who spoke next, saying that in total, 139 witnesses were interviewed, including John Doe, Stan Bowman, and 14 players from the 2010 Stanley Cup Blackhawks team. Shar also said that he wanted to make it clear there were no limits here from the Blackhawks, and they were not involved in the investigation in any way, shape, or form. And then, here come the details. Shar started things off by saying that they found on either May 8th or May 9th in 2010, John Doe, the unnamed player in this lawsuit, had a sexual encounter with Bradley Aldrich at his apartment, to which the player said it was non-consensual, while Aldrich said in his interview with Black and Jenner that it was consensual, which is pretty messed up if you think about it. I mean, clearly the player did not want that, Bradley. Oh my. Fair warning, guys. It's not going to get easier to listen to this. After that, Shar stated, um... That after that incident took place, there was a meeting that occurred between John McDonough, Al McIsaac, Stan Bowman, Jay Blunk, Kevin Dayoff, Joel Quenville, and James Gary to discuss everything that happened. So, with this finding from Block and Jenner, we know that Dayoff and Quenville lied to the media when they said that they didn't know anything about it. So I feel like there are going to be a lot more questions to come regarding those two um, because obviously Quenville's the, the current coach of the Florida Panthers. Dayoff is the GM of the Winnipeg Jets. They both denied knowing anything about this in the summer when the lawsuit came out. Black and Jenner found that to be untrue. And also, all the Blackhawks brass knew about it as well. And then... Shar said that the Blackhawks senior leaders decided to do literally nothing about this for three whole weeks. And then, once the playoff run was over, of course, then it became important enough for McDonough to inform the director of HR about the situation. Um, it's also worth noting that uh, one source from that meeting who was left unnamed said that the decision was ultimately left 
up to McDonough. Whether or not that's true, we're not sure because um, Shard did state that there were a lot of varying accounts of what happened in that meeting. So who knows really what happened. Doesn't sound like we're ever going to come to the bottom of it. But then not only did the Blackhawks not do anything for three whole weeks, but they continue to let the they continue to let Aldrich around the guys around the team. He partied with them right after winning the Stanley Cup while John Doe was present as well, the player that he allegedly assaulted, which I'm sure was so it was supposed to be a special moment for this player, and I'm sure in the back of his mind, you know, he couldn't stop thinking about what this man did to him and it's just so tough that a kid had had his dreams ripped out right in front of him. And when he gets to go party with the team after winning the Stanley Cup, the guy who sexually assaulted him is there. The Blackhawks let him around again. And then, to make matters even worse, by allowing Aldrich to continue to hang around, Char said that Aldrich made an unwarranted sexual advance on a 22-year-old intern at a Hawks party after the Stanley Cup title. So they didn't get rid of Aldrich right away like they claimed. They let him party with the team and with the Stanley Cup and everything. And as a result of that horrendous, horrendous doesn't even do it. As a result of that decision, another kid was nearly the next prey of Bradley Aldrich. By the way, all of these findings have just been released to the public moments ago. I'm not going to go into too much detail on it. It's pretty graphic, just as a fair warning. But if you want to go do so, it has now been released to the public. Oh, wow, I just saw this pop up on my phone. The NHL has fined the Blackhawks $2 million for the organization's inadequate internal procedures and insufficient handling and untie. Oh, man, this is bad. $2 million for the Blackhawks. Wow. Yeah, so all the public, all, all the findings are going to be, they're already released to the public. Um, and now all the details are out there. And because of all these details coming out, ladies and gentlemen, it has finally happened. GM and president of Hockey Ops, Stan Bowman, has officially stepped aside and is out with the Blackhawks organization, as is senior vice president of Hockey Ops, Al McIsaac, along with everyone who was there in 2010 that knew about this incident. A clean house ladies and gentlemen, which really is what needed to happen here as a result of this. I mean, there was no way after all those findings to come out that anyone would still have a job with this team and probably won't have a job within hockey any longer. I'm very curious to see what happens with Stan Bowman and Team USA because, of course, he's still the general manager for the United States Olympic team this February. I highly doubt that will be the case any longer. Um, But yeah. Clean house. Uh, By the way, Kyle Davidson is the one who will serve as the interim GM of the Blackhawks while the organization is going to take the time to fill all the positions that have been left vacant by these departures. Oh, man. It is uh, D-Day here in Chicago. Again, I do have to give credit to Danny Wirtz for answering the tough questions today. And again, it does sound like they they were uh, at least... Some some Blackhawks brass that were honest about this situation. Um, and credit to Danny, you know, saying and doing all the right things. It wasn't a tough presser for him. He wasn't here in 2010 when all this happened. And, um, you know, he said all the right things, like I said. He, saying 
John Doe deserved better from the Blackhawks, which is beyond true. Uh, and also that, you know, this organization is going to do everything in its power to be better. So, one last time, Stan Bowman is out in Chicago. Al McIsaac is out as well. And if you want to know more about this situation, you can go and check the report. It's officially been released to the public, but just as a warning, again, it is a bit graphic with, with all the details that have emerged from Block and Jenner's findings. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Tuesday, October 26th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast as host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.